What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of MGC. I had so much fun this episode. I got to talk to Easton Gladney. He's an entrepreneur, real estate agent, mental health advocate. He is he's just a joy to be around. He's so positive and he has such an amazing opinion about many things. And what I find most interesting about Easton is that what his thing is is finding a whole bunch of people online or in person, wherever, whatever, wherever it might be, and just talking to them, just talking to them. He, he finds a whole bunch of people all across the world, and he wants to have real conversations with people. And it's just cool, like as if it's his hobby. Like it's he's just a genuine person. And of course, we met each other online, and we just started talking, and we hit it off. And I was like, "Yo, you got to come on the show. Let's just talk about you. Let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about your past, your future." It was a great time. So, guys. If you're a fan of Easton, you're going to love this episode. And if you're meeting him for the first time now, go check out all his stuff. But uh, that's it. I'm going to stop talking and enjoy the episode. Three, two, one. Easton, for, first of all, I got, I got to say how happy I was to be able to like meet you, like how we met. Like To explain to people... I posted something on TikTok, one of, a clip from the show, and you disagreed with what I said, and I was like, hold on, I actually agree with what you're saying, I just perhaps said it incorrectly, and then we ended up discussing something, and then you, uh, we messaged each other privately, and you were like, yo, let's get connected, that's like your thing, and we just, you know, FaceTimed each other, we started talking, and now you're introducing me into a whole bunch of people, I'm just really happy I got to meet you because your whole thing is like getting connected, getting, getting to talking to people, getting with people, right? Like, tell us about your, um, your whole TikTok vibe, everything you're going for. So my entire, I guess my entire TikTok is providing value to other people. If that's business, personal connections, mental health, uh, my entire, I guess, life in general is just trying to bring as much value to other people like as I possibly can. And then like TikTok, just like, like I think like TikTok, like over the past 11 months, I've connected with over um, 100 people from- That's ridiculous, that's crazy. Like, from finance people to business owners to um, people that make music and that have 200 followers to like over like a million. So what made you want to start doing something like that? So I connected with a girl- her name's Taylor Price. She's in the finance sector. And I didn't realize that it was so easy to like connect with people. I reached out to her and I was like, there's no way she's going to respond. Yeah, yeah. And I reached out to her and within 30 minutes, she sent me a message back and we were on a phone call that week. And from that connection, she, she connected me to a realtor in Los Angeles and she connected me to a, a girl from, from Canada. And then I was on her podcast and I was like, Oh shit! Like I have something special here. So then, I, like so I just cool. went crazy after that. That is so cool. And you started this when? How long ago? Probably about eleven months ago. Eleven months ago. It's crazy, and I and I, and I tell people all the time how much can be done by just reaching out and talking to people. Uh, like one of my podcast guests, he's a woodworker, and he said every single time he reached out and talked to somebody more experienced, they never like shot him down. They always like tried yeah. to help him. I mean, like. So a lot of people are nervous to do what you're doing. Um, and like you said, oh, they're definitely not going to talk to me. But I mean, like you're you're connecting to so many people. And it's wild because you don't really have an agenda. You just you're just interested in people, which is 
Which is interesting to me. I think that's the most interesting part about you is that you just <laughs> want to know people because when you messaged me to tell people what's going on, I thought Easton was going to call me and he was going to record it for his TikTok. He didn't even do that. He just wanted to talk to me. And I think that not only is that hilarious, but that is so fucking cool that you were just like, yeah, let's just fucking talk. Um, Because you're genuine about it. So I think that's really cool. And you've met so many people. Do you do you realize like I like you, you kind of just said it, but do you realize like what you're doing? I've recently I've really started, especially I think connecting you with a bunch of people. And I was on a podcast yesterday, and I also connected him with those people. And I'm like just seeing that happen when I'm bringing these people together and bringing them value, and they're thanking yeah. me. I'm like, oh shit! Yeah, like you feel good. Yeah, like I'm doing something like crazy here. And then just like, as like things like start to play out, like as like, people started to check me other people and like stuff like that, like I'm like really starting to realize like, Oh shit. One, I'm really good. Like a networking and two, like I can provide people so much value. Yeah. You must be having a lot of fun with it too. I love it, dude. Like when, I, when like people like, girl, oh my God, like, thank you so much for like, for like connect me like to someone um like Alex Clark the guy that I connect you to he called me yesterday like after I connected him with the other podcaster and he's like dude like like I just want to thank you for yeah. like connecting me with these people and I'm like that's why I do it just for that like I don't care about like anything else just besides like helping other people yeah I remember telling you how when you were messaging me I thought and I'm gonna explain, I'll explain why again I thought you were gonna be the fakest most phony asshole because most people that preach mental health and and like try to like talk about networking and uh self-help usually do it with the agenda of i want to get big and i want to be better i don't care about anybody this is just how i'm gonna get big and i was like oh man i really hope this guy doesn't end up being an ass and you weren't you know you like like <laughs> it astounds me that you called me facetimed me and didn't record it like that was mind-blowing to me which you got to start doing by the way so because that'd be yeah. really cool for people to see the conversations you have T- tell me about some of those conversations you have because you, you've messaged and talked to so many different kinds of people give me give me some of them talk to me about that a lot of them so like when i connect with someone like i like i'm very picky with who i connect with and like if i see a video and like i think we're gonna vibe like i'll reach out and then when i get on these calls i basically just go into the call of um there's no agenda there's no expectation it's all how can i provide value from a human standpoint and i'm in that call and i i truly believe that like everyone that you connect with will provide you value at some point if it's today tomorrow or in 20 years. Yeah, of course. And, yes. Um, I go into the call just trying to provide value. And it's weird because most of the time, um, like usually, like usually like at the end of the call, like I'm providing some sort of value. Like if it's connecting, if it's something I say, it usually always ends up in like people thanking me and people being like, thank you for saying that. Or like you just changed my life. And like, it's been wild taking that approach because most of my calls, like I can find a way to, to provide value to that person. And I just go in of like, what do you do? Like, I want to learn about like your perspective and like where you sit in life. It's very interesting because I've only known you for like, what, like eight, nine days now. It's actually, I feel like I'm already watching you grow because, and I'm not just talking about like number wise, I'm talking about like as a person, because you started, at least as far as I know, you started your whole social media and TikTok thing 
with the idea of, uh, you know, giving mental health uh, benefits, like trying to help people through whatever, giving motivational tips and whatever. Um, and now you're turning into the guy that knows everybody. And I think that's so cool. I mean, like, both is great, and I think both yeah. you should keep doing. But how did you get started with the mental health thing? Why was it that that got you going? So I actually, before I, like, I actually didn't talk about, like, mental health at all. I was, like, okay. strictly, like, real estate. And then, like, as I started to talk to people, like, I was like, oh, shit, like, like, my perspective on mental health, like, is changing people's lives, and it's different. And then, like, I started to have people, like, thank me about that stuff, be like, this, like, this changed my life. So, like, I, I transitioned from that to mental health, because I feel like I can impact more people with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Do you think, like, because uh, I know, like, therapy is, like, it's scary to some people. It's really expensive. Um, if you don't have insurance and even if you have insurance, it's really expensive. How much do you think people can benefit from just like, whether it's like reading books or watching motivational things, like like how much do you think someone could benefit from what you do or how much would you like them to benefit? I think people can benefit more from my content or like someone else that's been through mental health than a therapist. And the reason why I say that is because usually, and like I've asked, a lot of therapists as I'm in therapy, have you dealt with anxiety? Have you dealt with OCD? They're like, nope, nope, like never. So they're just going off of the books. They're going off of theories. But, and like, I always say, like, if I had someone like me when I was younger to go to, they would have changed my entire life. And like, I want to be that person for other people. And I feel like people can benefit from my content and from other people that that's been through it because they get practical real life advice on how to recover and how to get better. And they're not theories. They're, they're these things that these people have actually been through in their life and they've been through it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so do you read, do you read a lot about this stuff? I read a lot of spiritual and a lot of mental health books. Yes. I want to, cause I want, I want to talk to you about that because I know, I know previously you and I discussed some stuff about, you know, spirituality and how do you connect I feel like you can talk about mental health like on paper. Okay, it's like, oh, you're depressed. This is the steps you take to fix it. But then like you ask some other people, it's like there's a lot of soul searching you have to do to figure yourself out. Um, and I feel like that's where spirituality comes in. It's like the difference between, uh, you know, working out and meditation, uh, working out, taking medication and like getting a job. Like that's on paper how you fix depression. Then like spirituality, it's like, okay, maybe you should start meditating. Maybe you should read some books. Maybe you should find some music like where where does that connect for you? Like, uh, what do you do? I feel like spirituality is the is the deepest place that you can go to fix yourself, or I guess like fix yourself and realize like the things that are causing the problem. So like, working out it's great. Like eating healthy it's great. Like these are like necessary things. But if you don't realize like that you're like a joyful, abundant human now with with nothing and like all we have like is this present moment those things are really good superficially but if you never dive past that and you just skate along the top you'll never fix the problems and like i think like the most important thing when it comes to spirituality is disassociating in mental health is disassociating yourself from your feelings and thoughts and i think that's what that's like down. hard yeah yeah and like until you do that you're always going to be identifying with your feelings and thoughts no matter if you're working out or you're eating healthy so you so you say you think what what helps you and, and you might need to repeat it for me, is removing yourself from your thoughts. Explain that. Explain that again. 
So you are basically distancing yourself from the material world, okay. like, and your, your like identity and the things that like, that you experience, like instead of being like, okay, like these are my feelings and these are my thoughts. Like, these are just, these are just thoughts and feelings that I'm having. And it's a normal human experience. It's not me like having these things. I remember talking to you about, remember I was talking to you about a few books. Um, one of the books was, uh, which is literally like the Easton book, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a, a Fuck. Yep. If you haven't put that on your Amazon wish list yet, you're an idiot because yeah. that's the yep, Easton book. Good, because that's like the Easton book. And it's, it's really short. Um, it's like 200 pages, but like the text is really big too. So you just like blow through it. Um, and that's kind of like what a lot of the premise is about. It's where it's, you got to separate yourself from, you know, these things, these material things that happen, the small things. You give so much of a fuck about all these little things that really don't matter that you start eating yourself up inside, but you got to take a second and realize, you know, this shit doesn't fucking matter. Let's relax and like, look at like the better things or realize the more important things. And I feel like that's a lot of what you preach. Even when you were just talking to me, um, it's not only do I think you'd really like that book, but I think stuff like that is what you're giving, what you're trying to give to other people, um, but in a more concise way where it's like, stop giving a fuck about the things that don't matter, but start learning what does matter to you. Am I, am I get, you know, in the ballpark? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more about switching from a feeling based life to a value based life. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Is. Yeah. <clears throat> What I mean by that is a lot of people will say, if I feel this certain feeling, then I can go after my goals. And if I feel this certain feeling, then I can't go after my goals. But it should be, and this is a slow process, but changing to a value-based life where your life is based on things you value, no matter what you're feeling or what you're thinking, you are going to continue to do the things that you value. That's an interesting way to put it. And it makes me think about how growing up, everyone always says, you know, although once you get hit a certain age, adults or more adult figures are like, okay, it's time to buckle down and do something different. But most people, when you're a child, tell you, find what you like and just pursue it all the way. Like, think about what you like and just keep going at it, um, and it'll happen. Is that always true? No. And eventually people say, okay, it's time to, like, be realistic about life. But I do understand that in correlation to what you're saying. It's like you find value in things, pursue what you find value in, and you cultivate happiness. Um, That's another thing. I don't think people realize that you don't just, you're not just born happy. You got to create it or find it. I think um, a lot of people like are kind of fooled when it comes to that stuff because like, I don't like using the word happy because Mm -hmm. like happy is a feeling and like happiness is going to come and go. Like I'm more like to use the word joyful. And I look at joyful as the acceptance of anything and everything. So like you can be like doing something um, good or bad. And like, you can still be in a joyful place because like, you know that you're a joyful, abundant human, no matter what is happening, like on the outside, you're still like that whole human, no matter what result you're getting in the material world. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, reminds me of something that, um, there's a, I think it's by Jim Carrey where, where he talks about how there's a, so many people today are stuck on trying to be happy um, and they confuse happiness with joy. And he says the difference between um, happiness and joy is happiness is supposed to mean contentment. Happy is supposed to be 
in this moment, just sitting down, maybe I'm, I'm with my wife, my husband, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, with my friends, my family, maybe I'm watching TV, maybe I'm, you know, writing or listening to music. I am content. I'm okay. But joy, at least the way I see it, is um, not like excitement, like, oh, explosions, oh my gosh, all this shit's happening, it's crazy. People keep trying to chase that, and this is what I was actually saying in the TikTok, I think, that, that got us connected, where I was saying yeah. that people aren't being taught how to be happy. When I say happy, I mean they're not being taught how to be okay with living like a normal life, like a life where you could find value in on your own, where you were saying that people are chasing things that they see on Instagram, they see on YouTube, they see in movies, and they're forgetting that that's, that stuff's like not real, you know? So the difference between joy and happiness, at least in my opinion, and what Jim Carrey was saying, is that so many people are, are chasing joy that they never learn how to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the biggest problems that our generation and a little bit above us and all the way below us face right now. I think it's hard because from the time we're born, we're always taught you can't be happy and you're not fulfilled unless you have this thing and you're always chasing, you're chasing. But like as... Like, I think, like, in my opinion, like, as I've realized that, like, that we don't need those things to be a, a full, abundant human. And actually, when you realize that you're, that you're a whole human without anything, that's when you start to attract even more material success than you would have just by chasing something. Yeah, that's the other thing with the whole book. It's like, one of the lines from, from the subtle art of not giving a fuck, it says that, um, do you ever notice how when you try to do something really hard, you end up not doing that great? But when you do something for like somebody else, or like you don't you do something you don't really care about, it ends up being amazing. Um, as a filmmaker, and as I, I know a lot of filmmakers, that always happens. They'll like do something for somebody else, and it'll be so fucking good. But if they try to do their own film, they're like, "Fuck, why does this look so shit?" Um, so it's like the same thing you're saying. It's like just fucking. Be a human. Stop trying to chase that big, grandiose thing and just be. And you'll get to, you know, where you need to be. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. I, lo- I love it. Yeah, that's great. I agree. So um, you met a lot of people that have the same ideology or, you know, or do they differ a little bit? I think a lot of them do have that, do have that realization. Um, I don't ask all of them that question. We don't go that deep into stuff sometimes, mm. but for the most part, yes, I think a lot of those people, I think, and this would be like interesting. I think a lot of the people that I connect with have been through depression and a broken place are, and are on the other side of depression. And I, and I, like, I've really thought about this recently that like almost like everyone that I attract into my life are on the other side of that depression. And I feel like when you're on the other side of that depression, you've hit some sort of spirituality or God or um, just like stuff like that. And I feel yeah. like a lot of those people are in that place where they've realized that. I, I, I don't know all the people you know, but I feel like I want to agree with you where oh, I, I imagine a lot of the people you meet have gone through something pretty rough and came out on the other side, whether that was uh, through their own means or through the help of a, a like a professional. I think, I think you're right. Like, I don't even know it, but I, I, I feel like that would be right. Um, you, have you, I don't want to, we could gloss over it, but, um, have you experienced like anything with mental health, like issues or anything, or have you always just tried to help other people? 
like have I experienced it like in my own life? Yeah, like depression, anxiety, like what whatever there is under the sun. So I mean, um, like we can go like way back. So go for it. Yeah, let's do it. When I was when I was born, I was born a premature baby, and I was supposed to be born in March, and I was born in December. Um, I I had to have heart surgery. I was put on breathing tubes, and as and like I was so small that my dad could put his ring his ring um like up on my bicep okay, i was that yeah. small Jeez. so um and like and like as i grew up i was born with a lot of problems i had like ocd depression anxiety a lisp stutter tourette's a lazy eye jesus christ um, anxiety yeah that's that's like the the shittiest hand you could be dealt that's fucking crazy so yeah no shit um, yeah. like as like as i like grew up like like going through life, I, I really struggled with, with that. Like, I feel like I was aware of it, but I wasn't that self-aware where I could like, like fix it. Like I was like aware that it was a problem, but I never was able to like, to like realize like what the actual problem was. And then like, as I, as I grew up in my life, I struggled with it heavily, like depression, anxiety, um, like guilt, regret, like all that stuff to the point where like, where like I would, my entire life was basically me running from a guilty anxiety feeling and trying to chase a good feeling. And my entire life was trying to get that little ounce of peace and joy. And then I would go back into a giant loop of trying to run away from my thoughts and my feelings that I didn't like. And what, you, what got you out of that? Realizing that it's okay to have thoughts and feelings and, and they're normal human experiences and I don't have to run away from them. And did you figure that out on your own, or did you have help? I found a guy on YouTube. His name is Mark Freeman. Um, this is actually when I was in the lowest point of my life, where it, where I I came to a crossroads, or it it was either I, either I was killing myself or I was getting better. And I went to therapy. So many people, no one could help me. Um, they were making it worse. And I came across his content, and he was the first person I've ever heard tell me that it's okay to feel feelings and have thoughts and they can be there while you live your life. And I came across his content um, about three years ago. And when I found him, he changed my entire life because I realized that I don't have to run anymore. And then I got his book um, a couple months ago and I read it and I'm like, this is amazing. Like I would recommend every single person that's struggling with mental health to check out his content because he gives such a extraordinary perspective. What's his book called? It's called You Are Not a Rock. You Are Not a Rock. And, yep. and what does he go over in the book? Like the same thing? Ba- yep. Like basically just that, that the, that like the problem isn't the thoughts that we're having and the problem like isn't the feelings that we're having. It's the judgments that we're slapping on those feelings. And it's the compulsion that we're doing to get rid of those feelings and thoughts. Do you ever like have like a relapse, like, like a, a bad month or anything that like you're like, Holy yes. yeah, does it happen frequently? I, not really, but like, uh, like a couple of days ago, like I was stuck like in a, a kind of like depressive state. Um, and yeah, like those two days were actually pretty rough. Uh, but like, I just had to re- remind myself that like, all we have like is this present moment and just like focus on like being grateful and not focus too much on the thoughts and feelings that I'm having, but the judgments and the compulsions that I'm slapping on them. So there's another thing that I'm curious about because, uh, People will tend to do this thing, which I don't think helps anybody, where 
they will have problems, but either push them away, forget that they're there, or make them sound like they're good thing problems to have. And I feel like that's actually unhealthy. I feel like what is healthy is identifying that you have problems. And I think that's what you're doing. Identifying that you have problems. It's okay to have those problems, but you should also try to fix them. You understand what I'm saying? Because I feel like people don't do that, and they think that's healthy. I feel like, yeah, like, you're exactly right. Like, I think the number one thing is building awareness of, like, building self-awareness and realizing when those feelings and thoughts are popping up in your head, embracing them and letting them be there, and then still continuing to do the things that you value and the things you want. Because, like, like I look at mental health as the practice of, of doing things that we want and that we value, no matter the feeling or thought that we're having. Because compulsions and things you're doing like sleeping a lot, like to shut off your thoughts or like checking a doorknob or checking stuff. Those are taking away time from the stuff that you actually want to do. And we're never taught that, that we can like accept uncertainty and we can release control and that we can have those thoughts that, that we label as bad there while we do things. We think we have to erase them for us to be able to do things that we want. Yeah, I think, yeah, I understand that because... It's like, uh, and I think I talked to you, talk to you about this too. It's like the perfectionist dilemma where you want things to be perfect before you either finish or before you start. And that ends up making it so you never finish or never start. Um, yeah. and that's the thing, especially when it comes from social media, like TikTok or, or maybe it's YouTube or you're a writer or, um, you're an athlete, you want to be somebody you want to do something maybe it's to help people maybe it's for your own goals whatever it is and you're like i just need to do this i just this needs to come first this needs to happen first and the more you do that the less is going to happen and the same thing is with mental health i mean like it's not just it's it sounds it's so annoying it really is that this is the case but when you have mental health problems you got to just say it's not going to go away on its own i have to take action and make sure goes away or I get better. And it's so hard to do that when you're depressed. Like, outrageously hard. It's, it, it's one of the hardest things to pull yourself out of a depression because breaking that identity between your feelings and thoughts is one of the hardest things you can ever do as a human because we're taught our entire life and we're conditioned to think you are your thoughts and you are your feelings. And that is like locks you in a controlled box your entire life because like if you feel good, that means you're you're a good human, and if you feel bad, that means you're a bad human. And, yeah. like, that's not the case at all. People got to realize that they have inner critics, right? They have this voice inside of them that critiques them and criticizes them, um, and that's not their entire identity. It might have the loudest voice because it says the things we don't want to hear. So it's like you can't – if there's, like, a huge hole in the wall, you're going to notice it no matter how many how often you try not to look at it. You know it's there. So when you have, like, a negative thought about you – there's no ignoring it. It's it's glaringly obvious what that problem is, and you try to ignore it. But people got to realize that's your inner critic. That's not your identity. That's just a part of you, a piece of you. And and it's an essential piece, like yin yang. It's it's it should be there. It needs to be there. But people make it a part of them. And I, I'm a victim too. I've I've done that myself. I'm sure I'm sure you have. A lot of people do. And the whole mental health thing, trying to get better, is trying to realize that there's several different kinds of voices in your head, and you have to make sure you can delegate them and listen to them individually and sometimes as a whole. It's it's hard to do. It is. It's tough. And, like, I wish we 
I wish we treated mental health like physical fitness because we think mental mm. health is once we get to a point, then then we're cured and there's no more bad thoughts and there's no more bad feelings. But if we would relate it to the gym, when you go to the gym, you know the first month, if, if you're coming back from a break, is going to be tough. You're going to be struggling, you're going to be sweating, and you're not going to want to be there. It's going to be painful. And in the gym, we embrace the pain. We, we actually want it to be there. And then, like, as you get going and you get better, you're going to get – you are going to get in a very good place where you're on a good path, but there's still going to be pain because you, you need it to grow. And you know that if you stop doing the practices that you did to get you in shape, that you're going to fall back into a bad spot. But just like mental health, there's not one fix. There, you were never going to get like 100% better. And like the first couple months are going to be rough because you are breaking your identity and you're doing things that you've never done before. And as you get going, you still have to continue to do the practices and do the things that you have to do to get you out of that mental, the mental spot. And then when you stop doing them, you're going to fall back. I really, I really like the way you explained it with the gym. I really like that, and and like it makes a lot of sense. And I think people would be like, "Oh yeah, but like, wh- like, what do you do other than just try to think better thoughts?" It's like, no, you can like, and I forget this. I forget this that like mental health, like helping yourself, making sure you're happy, making sure you're joyful, making sure you're content, whatever you word you want to use. Like, do yoga, read a book, go rock climbing if you like rock climbing, uh, ride a bike. Like, it's actually like people are so busy trying to create their lives that they forget to live them. And like, I'm doing that right now. Like I've, I haven't stopped doing that the last three months. I have goals. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit okay with it. But people are so busy with creating their life that they forget to live it. And going to the gym for your mental health could be just remembering that, listen, this is who knows what comes after death. This is your one life. And you might not know what makes you happy. Because I don't like when people say, do what makes you happy. Because who fucking knows? But you should try a whole bunch of things and just see what's out there. And that's a great idea. But like we both said before, when you're depressed, it's hard to get off the couch. And it's hard to think that's a good idea. Um, it, the, listen, there's, there's a lot of physical illnesses that are ho- horrific. But depression is... It like tricks you. It like actually, it's it's like there's a different person inside of you. It's weird, man. You don't you don't trust your thoughts. You don't know the things you value, and the only thing that you can think of is not is how the hell do I get away from this feeling because I hate it. And like all you think about is like turning off your thoughts, and that's it. And it is tough like getting out of that rut. But like I think, I think the number one thing for me is just like showing people hope and showing that showing people that there is is a way because for the longest time when I was a child I didn't even know that there was another way to think and there was another way to live my life yeah yeah a lot of people get stuck thinking there's only one way it's um I think another book I recommended to you that was actually recommended to me by my friend um it's called CPTSD from surviving to thriving and it's about uh living through childhood trauma, whether that's trauma put onto you by your parents, uh, by uh, your society, like the country you were born in, or just by like your your friends or your uh, brothers and sisters. Um, and you grow up th- learning organically that, oh, this is, this is just how life is. There's only one way to live. And then people enter into adulthood never realizing there's other ways to think. Um, and it's not their fault. But what happens is they enter adulthood thinking there's only one way to think, one way to feel, 
and then they pass that on to their kids, and it's just a horrible cycle. Um, so I feel like uh, it's very pleasing to hear that you were able to, although you still struggle, like everyone does, it's very pleasing to hear that you were able to figure it out, at least for yourself, so you won't pass it on to somebody, to like your children. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I think that I th- I I think that's really cool. There's another thing someone so, someone was saying that like if you know you're a good person, which is really conceited and it's hard to like just oh yeah, I'm a good person, but like if you know you're a good person, then you should probably have kids cuz we need more good people. Now, I think everyone's going to be like, <laughs> "Oh, I'm a good person. I should have all the kids in the world." And I'm like, "Listen, do whatever you want, but it doesn't mean you're a good person." But I do think it's cool that people are starting to figure it out. Um, this country specifically, I know a lot of shit's going on, a lot of bad stuff's going on, but we are really focused on mental health. We want to make sure people want to live, not just have to live. Um, it's fucking things are things are getting better. Things are good, and you're you're a part of that. You're part of making this place uh, better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, call me a liar. It's it's true. Um, and all the people you're getting connected to are like the same fucking way. There's it's just so fucking cool. Um, do you, do you recommend though, do you recommend seeing like a therapist before the problem starts? I, I don't know. It's, I think talk, I think talking to someone is important and I think getting in front of someone and speaking about your thoughts out loud can be important, but I think the, the medical, um, structure in the u.s and the therapeutic structure in the u.s especially when it comes to mental health is very stuck on how do we fix your thoughts and your feelings and they don't dive past that i think that's the entire problem Mm. like i think therapy is amazing like i think it's it's great to talk to people and it's good to get it out but i think learning from someone that's been through it is more important at times yeah because if like if you just learn from someone that knows theories and that's never been through it and just keeps cycling you through the same shit over and over again, that will only get you so far. I do agree with you. I do. I'm like I I've never been to a therapist, um, at least not longer than like thirty minutes, but like once in my life. But I've never been to a therapist, so I don't really know how how it really works. But I would imagine it would be a lot better to talk to someone who's been what been through what you're through than to talk to somebody who is just trying to practice what they've learned through education. Now, are they good at it? I'm sure they are. Can they help some people? Absolutely. But I do think it, it is a lot more beneficial to talk to someone who's been through it. So I do understand that. Um, there's also different kinds of therapies, too. I mean, like, what you're focused on, um, and you might need to explain a little bit more for me, uh, what you're focused on is um, trying to help people through their sorrows or their depression based on what you felt, correct? Like, you could only help people based on how you've helped yourself, and for the most yep. part, yeah. So, because, like, there's other things that, uh, like, there's relationship stuff, like uh, divorce, there's uh, death, there's um, existential depression or um, anxiety, where it's like, nothing I do matters because there's no life after death, or there's this, uh, there's so many different kinds um I do think it's cool that you're kind of staying in in your corner because that's what you're good at and that's where you can help the most people. Um, but it is hard to answer the question what people should or shouldn't do because there's so many different kinds of things out there. So I do understand your answer and I do agree with a lot of what you said. It's tough because 
like I think a lot of stuff comes down to like to like the specific person and like what they've experienced. And I think the reason why like like I think like experience always beats theories no matter what, like your experience in something will always beat someone's theory because they don't have an experience to back what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then they can't relate to someone on that level. And I feel like a lot of stuff that we struggle with um, comes down to like us, like chasing like uncertainty and us chasing control and us not realizing that we are a joyful human, like in this present moment. And I feel like a lot of struggles, like if it's death or, or like that stuff, like comes down to a lot of that stuff. And but I mean, like, when I talk to people, like, like, I never think that my perspective is right or wrong. And I'm always open to learn from someone. And I never sit in a concrete belief ever. Yeah, that's, um, that's very rare, because most people, it, and I mean, like, I, I'm an offender, too. Like, it's, uh, it's hard to uh, change your opinion on something when you believed it for so long. Or even if you're like, no, this is a really good idea. Um, it, yeah, it's, it, it is hard to change your opinion. So if, if you if you're capable of uh, swaying from like back to forth, whether it's uh, good or bad, it's still a skill. I feel like most people need to pick up. Um, like I'm not that great at it either. Where I'll be like, no, nah, this is kind of how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, later I'll be like, Mark, why would you, why would you say that you idiots? Like you maybe you should, maybe you should listen a little bit more. Um, what, what have you gone through? Like what kind of uh, ideological changes have you gone through in life? Whether it's uh, spiritual or religious or, uh, mental health wise, like what changes have you gone through? Where you're like, you know what, that's a different way of thinking. I'm going to adopt that. I think for me, religion has been huge. So like I, I grew up like a, like a Catholic. I went to Catholic school. I went to Catholic like middle school, and I didn't have any experience to back up what I was believing in. I, I didn't know it deep down. And then when I dated um, my ex girlfriend, she was huge religion. She was into God. She was a Christian like heavy, heavy. And like, after I broke up with her, like, I was like, fuck God, like, like, uh, religions, like, a, like, uh, like a scam and like, God's like not real. And now as I've been through my mental health journey and I've, and I've dove into spirituality and into myself internally, I think the biggest thing that I, that I've went to is I went from not wanting to believe in like God at all to now believing in a higher power that I think we're all speaking about the exact same thing. If that's God or Buddha or Allah, like we're all coming from the same place internally, just with different labels and words. Well, um, it's funny that you say that because, uh, at least the, the Christian God and, uh, Allah or love, they actually are the same God. They're just two different names for them. Um, and, and a lot of religions, uh, like cr- Christian religion or like, or what's it called? Uh, Avery, Abrahamic, whatever. Um, I'm so saying that incorrectly. I can't speech problems. But a lot of religions revolve around the same God. They're just told a little bit differently. Uh, and the Muslim religion and the uh, Christian Catholic religion are, are essentially the same thing with a little with with some differences. Um, but yeah, so it is interesting that you say that. But I do agree with you, and I'm gonna get a lot of uh, my 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 co-hosts. And some people are going to make fun of me because I always talk about it. But I feel like a lot of stuff that we experience in religion is also experienced in the uh, realm of, like, psychedelics and, you know, art and, like, dreams. And, like, we all somehow are the... Like, the thing you sent me, right? You sent me a TikTok recently of this woman. And I don't know how 
truthful she's being, but let's say she she claimed that she, um she was uh she almost died and she was uh, she was like passing over like she saw the light and um she said she felt like she was a part of this bigger like oneness like this consciousness that and I don't know how much further I can take that in explaining the TikTok, but that is an interesting thought and I feel like you're kind of touching based on that where no matter what God you believe in, we all come from the same one. Um, and whether that be a God, like an actual omnipotent entity, or who knows, like an alien or like an other dimensional being, who fucking knows? We we all come from somewhere. Maybe we all are all just stardust. But even if we are all stardust from the Big Bang, that still means we are all one thing. So no matter where you point your finger, it all ends up coming back to we are all one. Um, which is, like, heartwarming, but kind of weird. It's like, oh, my gosh, right? Very interesting. It's crazy, and I feel like the the problem is is that when people try to express something with words, words are always doing what you are experiencing internally a disservice. Because when you are trying to, and words are only used to communicate, and that's it. And, like, it's like when you're using a word to explain something, it, it always or almost always does what you're trying to actually explain internally a disservice because you cannot transfer experience to someone unless they're on that same level as you. And so like when we're saying words, two people could, could be having the exact same experience, but with what they've been taught or what they're growing up, they could use two different words and they could disagree and being like, you're wrong and I'm, and I'm right. But I'm like, why can't they both be right? Because you guys are coming from the exact same place internally. And you're going to say that one person's wrong and one person's right, but you're talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like makes you think about how many religious wars were started back then. You know, I mean, like it, I could, I, if you put yourself in the, in in the, in the head of uh, someone like 700 years ago, you're like, okay, I could understand why they feared the other religion and why they wanted to start a war or why they thought they were, like, dirty people or something. Like, I understand why they would think that, but it is weird that they would think it at all considering that, like, it's not really what religion's for. I mean, like, there's another thing that I mentioned and I was talking to you about where it was, uh, I think I was talking to you about it, where the only thing in life that's promised is suffering and, and pain. I mean, like, you... If, if you're born and do nothing, that's what will happen. If you're born and do as much as you can, you're still going to get suffering and pain. So things like religion um, were made not to get rid of suffering, but to find a way to lessen suffering. Um, and then you, you see all these people argue about who's right and who's wrong. I feel like that's a misuse of faith. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And like, I think if you look at all of the religions and like, I'm not like familiar with all of them, of course but not, yeah. the ones that, the ones that I know, they're all talking about like finding a higher power and learning to find joy in the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Chaos. Don't even get me started on that. Uh, do you know what the chaos theory is? No. So it's a theory that, um, and I, yo, this is going to be a butcher to all hell, but the whole thing is that if we, you know, study mathematically like the planets and the stars and gravity and the way things move, 
we can plan out and we can detect and see what things are going to happen like several years into the future, at least uh, through the planets, right? Like based on how things are moving and how things are timed, we could be all planning out. But eventually there's a point where we cannot see what's ahead of that and we don't know why and we call it chaos. There's a point where we don't know what the fuck is going on and we can't figure out why we can't figure it out. Um, so the whole fucking thing is, is chaos. I, I mean, like, that that blows my mind. But it's like trying to find something to believe in. Well, let me ask you real quick, and it's okay if you, don't, if you have a complicated answer. What do you believe in? The two things that I, from experience, know to be the truth, if and like I say that very, very lightly, um, is that we we all come from the same in, internal place and all we have is this present moment. And and like every other word or conspiracy theory or things that you try to layer it with, those are the things that I always come back to in every single religion and every spirituality is that like we all are connected and all we have is right at this very present moment. And everything else, I have no clue. Yeah, you should fucking have said it. So... If you had to take a guess, though, what do you, what do you think happens when we die? I think. What do you want to happen? I've actually thought about this a lot, especially recently. Is we, what I want to happen, and what I think could be a possibility is we just shed all material, like the material world, and we all go up in a collective consciousness, or, or in a like in an energy, or like we all become like one with god and it's just bliss and joyful and that's it okay so that's what you want to happen and that's what you think is probable it could be a possibility yeah well of course i mean like no one knows for sure i mean like that'd be that'd be pretty fucking nice i i hate when people say um when you talk to religious people and i don't know i mean like I don't know a lot of super religious people, but when any when anybody says that this is their ideology, even if it's not about religion, even if it's just about like life and how to conduct a responsible life, when people say they know how to do it or they they try to advise you on how to do it correctly, I'm like, oh my gosh, shut up, <laughs> you don't fucking know, and like it's like you've lived one one kind of life. How dare you think you know what's best for mine? But what I do enjoy is when people have faith so much so that, yeah, they're willing to listen to other people's ideologies. But my one friend who, who I'm filming something with, he's, he's fucking great. He, um, he's, he's, uh, ha- he's Catholic. And I think his faith is very beautiful because... It it fills him with love, and I feel like that's all it does for him because it's all it should do for him. People like that are cool. People that have faith and it brings them love I and agree. enjoyment. Yeah, that's that's the fucking thing. But if somebody else is like, "Nah, man, this is this is what happened. This is my religion, and you better repent because you're gonna be slain by Almighty God." It's like, bro, that sounds <laughs> that sounds like a really shitty life you're living if that's what you're fearing all day. My favorite thing to say to people, Easton. Is when someone when I say something okay like eleven years ago when I when like 
being gay was still like taboo or whatever. Like when people like didn't were afraid about being gay. I'd say something like, um, people should come out. People should be comfortable being gay. And somebody would say, but it's a sin. They'll go to hell. And I'd be like, my God wouldn't send them to hell. Fuck off. Like that, you know, like why would you, it's so <laughs> negative. Yeah, I don't know. Stupid. I just think, and I, I've, this like big like realization is switching from like a judgmental perspective to like a coming from a place of solely like understanding the other person. And I feel like the, I think that's kind of where the problem is, is that too many people are coming into every, every conversation, every interaction of how can I convert this person over to what I believe in and how can I judge them and say that I'm right and you're wrong. But instead we should be trying to understand each other yeah. because we could, we could learn. And like, I have a story. Um, Go for it. I was talking, I was talking to these Mormons and um, it was the second time. I think it was a different group and they were asking me about like my beliefs and like where I stand and they were reading like Bible passages. And like, I was just like, we we're just having a very genuine conversation. There was no judgment. There was no like anything. And we got done with the call and the Mormon sat back and he said, damn, I have some thinking to do. And I sat there and I'm like, if I can present life and present perspectives in a way where I'm having a Mormon think about his own beliefs, I'm presenting in the right way. Well, what in did, the right way. What did you have a conversation? What, what made him say that? What did you guys talk about? Jesus, uh, what I believed in, with the universe. Actually, if life. you don't mind, can you explain the Mormon religion to me if you know offhand? Because I'm not I too familiar. Uh, like, I'm not too sure like about it either, to well, be honest. I'm going to look it up. You keep, keep telling me what you were saying to him. I'm going to look up the Mormon thing, though. So, basically, I just... I just went over like, like Jesus, like my belief about him, like belief about um, basically just like everything. Like I was talking about how we're all connected. We're all speaking about the same stuff. And like, they would say something. And then like, I would say something. And like, we were talking about the exact same thing. They were just using different labels and like the exact same thing. Like they were just wording it in a different way. And I just came with them like, like I don't hold a concrete belief and like no one's right or wrong. And I, and then I started to express where I thought Jesus sat as a human when he grew up. And I, and like, I just was like, I think Jesus was a very awake person and he was in tune with something that we can't even fathom. And like, if you look at like miracles, for example, a miracle is something that like we can't understand, but to Jesus, it was just something normal that he was doing on a day-to-day -day basis because he was coming from such a joyful, loving place that when he was doing it, he wasn't even like shocked by it because, because to him, like it was just normal. Like it's like us like waking up and like brushing our teeth and like someone's like, Oh my gosh, like, what are you doing? But like to us, like, it's just normal. Do you, do you believe Jesus was a God or a son of a God? I don't really like that question because I feel like if, because Jesus said like, I am you and like, and like you, like am I, mm -hmm. and like, and like, if, if he truly did say that, that means there's no difference between me and Jesus gotcha. when it comes to like, when it comes to like a conscious, like energy level. And, and like just what I was touching on before about like, we are all the exact same thing. And if, and like, I think like Jesus was just so in tune with something internally and, and like a higher consciousness that like he was so in tune with the higher power or God or whatever that like, that like people were so afraid because they couldn't even understand where he was coming from. 
I understand. I understand what you're saying. I do think it's cool that you brought that up, though, where it's like we're all the same thing. Like we keep saying, we're all the same. He's like, I'm just like you. My my. That's um, it's kind of heartwarming, and it's the coolest thing. Like, I, you want to believe? Like, I don't really know what I believe in. I think it changes too frequently for me to confidently say this is it. Um, there's a lot of things I find cool, but I don't fucking know. Um, but I do think it's interesting to believe that, like, if Jesus were, um, uh, which, the Messiah, right? That he would say, "You were, were I'm, you were the same person. We're the same thing." Okay, I'm just gonna help you out a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna do this together. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, also, I yeah. looked up the Mormon thing, and I feel like there's gonna be a lot more reading than just three minutes. So I'm not gonna try to explain what it's about. I'm I'm pretty sure it's just like uh, they're basically Christians. They just a little bit different, like most most religions. So it's just a little bit different. Um, and they and apparently they feel misunderstood. So I don't I don't really know what what about what so I'm gonna be careful there I'm not too sure <laughs> yeah I don't know but um I think re- religion fascinates me so much because there's so many different kinds and a lot of them are connected um, but I think what fascinates me most is, re- is religions or belief systems that take place in ancient worlds on the eastern side of the globe where it's like whether it's um like in South America or like Native American like beliefs. Um, where it's like more pagan and I don't want to get in trouble for saying that because I know that pagan means a lot of different things, but where it's like more like we believe in the earth and how the, uh, the sun is a God, the earth is a God, uh, trees feel this or that. Um, that fascinates me too, because even on the entire opposite end of the world, when, when, before we made contact, there was still that belief that. This the 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 sun the 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 nuclear you know reactor in the sky was had something to do with it you know like uh, the whole Jesus thing a lot of it did if you trace it back had to do with the sun um, even though he was a real historical figure still the belief had a lot to do with the sun um, what I always ask people uh, when it comes to religion is okay if we lived on this planet and everything's the same. The only difference is we can see Saturn so closely that we could actually see the rings around it. How different do you think religion would be? I feel like there'd be a lot of different things if we were able to see the sky differently. I think it could be different. I think it could be different, but like, I think I'm like, this is kind of going like a little off, but I feel like, the Native Americans and those people were so in tune with like life and the present moment and like the earth that like they didn't they didn't realize it. So like it's it's kind of like like a like a scissors like can't like cut itself. Like you can't like realize something until you're out of it. So like I feel like the Native Americans and like Saturn stuff and the sun stuff, they were so in tune with life that like they didn't realize that until their logical mind started to think. And then like when their logical mind started to think, they started to put labels on things like, oh, well, like the sun's like this and like Saturn's this, but like they were already in tune with Understood. and yeah. so joyful. So what you're saying is before they were even able, you, religious people, whether, whether it be Native Americans or, or what have you, they were so in tune with the feeling of spirituality, with faith and with just 
being a part of something bigger that they didn't even have to take into consideration their physical surroundings because they already felt yeah. it within them. That's a cool. That's a cool way to think about it. That is cool. I I talk. Um, I always bring this up too about Native Americans. How you know how they say, uh, you know, Native Americans they see ghosts, they see dead people, they they talk to spirits. Um, and a lot of it, there's like a lot of evidence for that stuff, and it gets really creepy. Well, I mean, creepy is the wrong word. It's just creepy because I'm 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 not familiar with it. But like a lot of it's pretty crazy. And um, I always talk about it. This fascinates me in- incredibly. You take Native Americans who are still connected to that spiritual world. They can they 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 well, they say they see dead people. They can talk to spirits. They their faith is more rooted than the Western world, which developed technology a lot quicker. They develop uh, different kinds of societies, and th- their whole evolution was completely different. And I feel like. What the Native Americans experience spiritually, which is what you're kind of saying, where it's innate, they have it naturally, I feel like that is human instinct, and every human has it. You know, like if uh, if your mother died in three states over, you'd be like, oh, why do I feel weird today? It's because a piece of you felt that something happened. I feel like Native Americans have more of that instinct than most people do, and the reason is is because of technology, we've had less of a reason to need instinct, so we've evolved to not need it. So that's why all these Westerners, us included, because I I assume uh, your ancestors came from Europe, um, we don't have that instinct as much as Native Americans, and I feel like that goes to show there's a piece of proof that says there is this spiritual world, and we choose not to believe it because we can't see it but it's fucking there, and all these people have a piece of it. Like, I think it's so true, because it, the writing's on the wall, Easton. You know what I'm saying? I totally agree. And so, um, like, I've been doing uh, 75 Hard. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Tell me about that. So I've been doing that, and it has put me in such – and, like, this like goes along, like, for your comment, like, with, like, the Native Americans. Like, I've been in such a natural state that when I shed all the bullshit and all the compulsions and all of like the processed foods, like I can feel myself being so in tune with my intuition. It's insane. Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, because people say, you know, you don't need to take psychedelics to have a psychedelic experience. There's a lot of different ways to experience a different state of thinking. And whether that be um like fucking nobody do this, please. But whether that be, um, fasting like or like starvation if you go a long time without food you start getting a little bit weird if you're sleep deprived um if you meditate if you spend a long time in a dark room eventually the way you think gets altered and it's almost like taking a psychedelic now is it healthy i don't fucking know i don't maybe in some cases because i know fasting is actually really good for you uh, meditating is really good for you um uh, sleep deprivation probably not that great for you um but there is ways, there are ways to get to a different level of consciousness, depending on how you see it. So that's cool, interesting that you say that, that you feel a different way when you treat your body like that, because it's not fake, that's real. It's not just you thinking that, it's yeah. actually happening. That's fucking wild. It's been crazy. I mean, like, it's, it, to go off of the, like, Native American and, and like, our society, like, 
we've we've had so many ideas of what life should be and how life should be and so many process stuff and fake stuff shoved down our throats and taught to us that like we're so far away from our natural state of living that like I feel like that's where all the mental health and that's where all of the um, problems are coming from because we're so far away from that natural state of living. Yeah, there's this. Do you know what um, lidar is? Uh, it's like laser imaging something technology or something. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, no. so there's what they're starting to do. What they've been doing for a while. They they use lidar, which is they use lasers to like get a like picture of what things look like. Like if you take a big forest, like the Amazon rainforest, and you shoot a whole bunch of lasers into it, eventually you it builds this image. Like on like a graph, it'll build an image of what is in the forest, so you don't actually have to go in there and look for it. It just shows you what it is with lasers. Um, and they're finding like ancient uh, cities, cities that could potentially hold like millions of people. And it's like, how would they have been able to do that? Like, how can they make enough food that long ago? Like, how can they sustain that society? And it makes me think things that if people like that. Now, who knows why they're either extinct or they've evolved to be different now and their history is just forgotten. But it makes me think about if people like that, people like the Native Americans survived and continued and their culture wasn't destroyed. It makes me wonder what life would be like because I would, listen, I I love being able to, you know, be in the society we're in just because I don't know anything else. But it is it would be nice to, you know, imagine what it'd be like to see a more spiritually attached and a kinder society. Um, and I will also wonder if that would ever even be possible, you know? Because I'm like Native Americans, like, they would murder each other, like, in gruesome wars, too. Like, humans are humans, no matter how you yeah. put it. But it makes me wonder, you know? It'd be, it'd be interesting. I always like to ask the question of, like, one, like, when are we going to stop trying to advance externally? and start to dive internally. And I feel like that goes along exactly like with what you're saying is like, it's like, when is the external world? Like, when are we going to be like, okay, like this is enough. We don't need AI. Like, why can't we just be okay with the world we're living in now and then start to dive internally? Because like, if you look at like Elon Musk or, or these other people, they keep trying to, to advance. Like, like we have to get here. We have to build this car. We have to get to Mars, but they're but they're so focused on the external world that we never ever talk about diving internally and figure out what's going on inside of us. You know, that's I keep saying it's interesting that you say that, but it's true. Um, I understand what you're saying. I don't think we know, really know any other way to do things. I also feel like most people who are spiritual or have found some kind of enlightenment, they don't really preach too much or try to get other people involved just because they found enlightenment and their life purpose has been found. Um, whereas other people like Elon Musk, their purpose is to further like human civilization, like you said, externally. But I also think, um, I don't know if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, but I am. And in Lord of the Rings, there's a good way to explain it. In Lord of the Rings, there's several different species of people. There's the elves, there's men, there's dwarfs, there's hobbits, there's a whole bunch of things, right? And... In the mythos of Lord of the Rings, the gods made all these species, right? All these p- people. And their f- the favorite species is men, is humans. 
so what they did was they gave humans a limit to how long they could live. Humans die pretty quickly. So in the Lord of the Rings world, the whole reason why humans are basically the chosen people of, you know, they're they're born to basically conquer the earth, to own the earth. Because because they die so quickly, they are obsessed with progressing. They are obsessed with building, experimenting, inventing, because they don't have enough time to sit down and figure out what's within them. So they are like cockroaches, and they keep growing and growing and growing and growing and dying and dying and dying. And I feel like that's a good way to put it for real human beings, is that we, at least on the surface, we see that we live such short lives that we are obsessed. Like I said before, we are obsessed with building our lives and we forget to live our lives so we are like cockroaches in the sense that we keep growing and building and festering and creating and then just dying whereas we're not doing what you think is beneficial which i agree with you is finding what's within us and how to be spiritually better and i do think that if we take a couple centuries (laughs) to figure out what's within us I think it'd be so much easier to then expand externally too. So I do think it's beneficial for both ends. But do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. And it's like me and my friend like talk about this a lot. It's like if we were good internally, like just imagine how blissful our society would be. I I, I don't really I, – I can't say what enlightenment is. Like, I know you, you were talking about when it comes to mental health and about figuring yourself out. You've been able to help yourself live a better life, and you've helped other people figure out how to live better lives, how to ask the right questions. But, like, what is enlightenment, right? Because if we are able to feel spiritually fulfilled, I think life would be a lot better. But I also feel like we wouldn't be trying so hard to change life. If we were able to be spiritually p- fulfilled, we wouldn't feel like we'd have to pr- like progress technology because we already have what we need, you know? And I guess that goes to show, you know, how I get, I don't want to use the word fucked up because there is a lot of good that's come out of what we're, we've done. But I guess yeah. not being, sp- or being technologically advanced as far as we are really goes to show how fucked up we are because if we were spiritually fulfilled, we probably wouldn't be, in my, this is my opinion, we probably wouldn't be trying so hard to conquer everything else. You know what I'm saying? My question to that would be like, why, if you're already in a joyful place, why would you need to advance anyways? That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, like, that's why it goes to show you. But I do feel like, okay, so like people like Elon Musk, like all these geniuses out there, I feel like, I'm not them, clearly, but I can imagine being them is kind of hard in the sense that there's so much going on inside your head that to find spiritual enlightenment, you have to create these things. I mean, like, think about artists, right? Um, you They, they want to create. They want to build. That's what they, that's how they find. That is their religion, and I could understand that. So maybe that is why humans are so obsessed with building but i think that's the minority of people like most people yeah they want to create things but the minority of people do it to progress you know humans most people live a life of like nine to five which is fine but i feel like most people live a life of nine to five and they live a life maybe they're uh, an uber driver or a taxi driver maybe um they uh an arborist they cut down trees for a living and that's all great professions 
But I feel like they are so caught up in trying to, you know, survive. Like, you know, pay for this, pay for that, have the right shoes, get the good TV, make sure the Super Bowl food is all set out because you need to impress people. I think they get, get, <laughs> they get yeah, they get so caught up in living a life that was created by like, other humans that they forget to live the life that was created by nature. You know, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of what happened. Most people want to be sp- Deep down, they don't realize it, but they want to be spiritually enlightened, but they don't know how, and they don't know they can. I think that's the most important thing is, like, just bringing hope to people, being like this, like, like you can, and it's funny because I feel like this is what Jesus was probably trying to push, of, like, 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 I'm no different than you. Like, you are me, and, like, I'm you. Like, you can be in this loving and joyful place as well. Like, it's not, it's not that I'm any different like from a human standpoint, like as you, like we can get to this place together. Yeah. That's another thing too. It's, it's, it's that teamwork. It's that human camaraderie that, um, it, it, don't you find it weird that like, I mean, it makes sense. Like if you think about it, obviously, but you find it weird how like humans murder each other all the time, every day. It's weird, right? Like, so aren't we like the same fucking thing? Um, it's weird, but it also makes sense because, not only are all humans the same, but we're all human, which means we're all pretty reckless and savage animals. We are. And yeah. because of things like politics and, you know, the way economies are run and greed, there's plenty There's plenty of food to go around, but not everyone gets some. There's plenty of water go, that go, to go around, but not everyone gets some. Like, there's a lot of fucked up things about what we've done, not just to the planet, but to us spiritually and to us, you know whether it's from a religious standpoint or a mental health standpoint, a lot of the problems we face is so stupid because it's like the meme. It's we live in a society. Like, that's what it's what's fucking us up, you know? It is. I agree. It's... I think that's always going to be there, though. Like, there's always going to be people that are... I mean, like, this is speaking from, like, experience. Like, there's always going to be people that are stuck in the material world and they can't see past that. And, like, I feel like because to dive internally and to get to that point past depression is one of the toughest, most painful and suffering journeys I think that anyone can take. So like yeah. most people don't, don't want to like jump on that boat. The, they're just, they're like just stay like in that comfy spot where they're, where they're okay. And feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. They feel safe. It's It is scary though. I'm, I'm scared. You know, I, Okay, like I, Easton, help me out, right? I am afraid, like everybody else. You know, I um, I think that perhaps if I if I were to self reflect, I am very I'm obsessed. Or I don't want to use the word obsessed because I I don't I don't talk about it. And I don't make it other people's problems, but I'm obsessed with trying to find purpose with trying to find meaning in what I do. And I'm so obsessed with trying to find it that I not only forget to, like I said, not you have to build your life, but you have to live your life too. But I'm so obsessed with trying to find purpose that I don't think I'm giving anything a chance. And I feel like a lot of people feel the same way. <sighs> 
and I don't even know what I'm asking you, Ethan. I don't even think I'm asking you anything. I think I'm just like venting right now. But I, how many people have you met where they're like, I'm trying to find my purpose? Or have you met nobody that's obsessed with trying to find purpose? Maybe they, they already have it or they don't care that much. I think the majority of people that I've met, they, they haven't come out and said it, said it. And like we haven't really talked about this topic directly, but I feel like a lot of them are on that journey. Like I think probably like 90 to 95% are on that journey of, I want to fulfill my highest potential no matter what. And that's it. And like my, like my thing that I've learned personally is that the thing that you might think that is your highest potential you need to be open to maybe not being that and and pivoting ASAP as soon as you find out. And I think that comes from getting in tune with your intuition. Cause as soon as you know, okay, this is not for me. And then like pivot, like switch directions. And like, also like you can still be in the present moment and enjoy your life while taking intentional action backed by your values to your highest potential. Hmm. The thing is, the other thing where, um, and I talk, I talk about purpose and living a purpose-driven lifestyle and having, finding meaning. I talk about it a lot, but then there's the other side of it where it's like, um, you're trying to find purpose in things that are meaningless. And like I said with the original TikTok that got us talking, it's. People are so, and listen, I do it all the time. I'm a fucking hypocrite, Easton. People are so obsessed with finding purpose that they forget that it's okay to not have to find purpose maybe in your job, not find purpose in your career, but find purpose in your family, find purpose in your significant others, find purpose in your hobbies, find purpose in this, this, or that. And it's very hard for me to accept that. Like, I don't think I'll ever be able to find purpose in a lot of those things for my grand life. Um, but I do think that's a healthier way of thinking. And like, look at me, like, look what I'm saying. I'm saying, I don't think I could do that, but I know it's the right thing to do to find purpose, not in external things like survival, but find purpose in why you survive. Um, and it's for your significant others. It's for your family. It's, it's for your friends. It's for your dog. It's for your the video game. You want to play when you go home. Like that's, what people do things for. Um, and I think, like I said before, it's the social media, it's the famous people, celebrities, it's movies that make people feel like they aren't worth as much as they, they should be. It's weird. It's weird. The weird time we're living in. I have two things for that. So one, I, I struggle with this as well. Cause I think until you realize that you don't need a purpose on the earth and you're joyful, if you, if you achieve stuff or not, I feel like that's how you reach your highest purpose, no matter what, just like you said about, about like not giving a fuck. I feel like until you realize that your joy and your, and your external or or your joy comes from internal and not external, you're never going to fulfill your highest purpose because you're always going to be trying something and doing things like off of like, an idea of what you think it is not truly what it is. And then when you let life flow and you come from a joyful place, I feel like that's when the joy just, just comes into the material world and you, you can dominate the material world once you find that internal joy. 
Yeah, I exactly, exactly. It's so hard to do that, though. <laughs> I, I know it is. It's, it's so, so fucking hard to do that. And, like, I feel like most people will re- re- agree with you but relate to me, you know, where it's, like, fucking, yo, Easton's right, but fuck, Mark. You're, you're like, I'm going to do what you're doing just because it's the only thing I know how to do. <laughs> it's um, And that's the thing. We're self-sabotaging. All humans are. That's what we do. Um. And it's it's so fucking hard. when I talk to people about how I wish that I can just go into the woods and live off the land and die at like fifty eight because I don't have health insurance or something, and they say to me, "Well, why don't you do that?" And then I try to like do math in my head. I'm like, "Why don't I do that? If I want to do it so bad, why don't I do it?" And the reason is is because I would feel like I'm missing out. On what can be. Oh, but Mark, what if maybe you can, like, become, like, the next Wolf of Wall Street? Oh, Mark, maybe you could become uh, the next Tom Cruise. Oh, but Mark, maybe you can cure, like, brain disorders. Like, there's all that potential out there. It's like, oh, I, I want it so I can get it. There, it's, there's a chance. But you forget that, hold on, that's as cool as that stuff sounds and as important as some of that stuff is. The only person you ever have to live with is yourself. So internally figure out how, how to make yourself happy because the externals are so chaotic. Um, so that's, I think, the answer I come up with. It's like the reason why I don't just go out and live in the woods like a homeless man, but a happy homeless man, is because I f- I'll always feel like I'm missing out on what could be. But the payment for trying to get to what could be is a lot of suffering. It's funny because I've never put how I felt into words, but you just did it exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Like, like I thought about just like, like living in a van or like doing that stuff or like going like into the woods and doing that. And I'm like, I feel the exact same way. Like, but I have all this potential that I could reach and it'll be fun. Like I enjoy like, like this is like enjoyable for me, and like I always go back to the spot. Why can't I have both? Yeah, why can't yeah. I be joyful internally, and be on podcasts and speak about mental health and help people? Like, why can't yeah. I have both? And that's why I've never done it because I'm like, like I'm like, why do I have to pick one? Well, if you figure it out, Easton, let me know, please. <laughs> Fucking. I mean, like I'm living it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah, but I always I always say that I'm like. Why don't I just, why don't I just fucking do it? Like, who's going to stop me? You know? But then it's because, okay, so there's this movie. It's not that, like, great. Like, it's a little weird. But it's called Mr. Nobody, I think. And they, in the movie, they do a good way of explaining why life is not only hard to live, but it's very hard to choose what life you want to live and it's very hard to be comfortable with your choice and the movie's weird and it's probably not a lot of people would like it but it's a really good message and i really really like it for that reason and what the how they explain it is so say you're five years old okay and, and you're going to a huge carnival and there's a huge tent i mean the size of a football field and There's hundreds of tables inside this tent. On each table, 
there's 20 different types of desserts. There's not two of the same desserts in the entire thing. Every single dessert you see is different. And your mother goes to you. She says to you, you could only have one. And you look at all that, and you have so many options. The potential is limitless. But as soon as you choose, you have officially limited yourself. And that's why... It's so hard to choose what college you want to go to, choose what career you want to have, even though you can always change it, but choose what spouse you want to have. Choose. It's so hard to make choices because as soon as you choose, you've officially limited yourself, and that's why it's scary being alive at all. You know, It's scary committing to things, and that's why, Ethan, you and I won't take that leap of going cross-country in a van and living like that for, for three years because once we do that, we have limited ourselves, you know? I've never had anyone put it that way, but that was such a good analogy. Like, that is perfect. Yeah, well, the movie is the one that taught me. I'm like, yeah, it's um, it's so true, though. And the other way they did it was, I think the, the movie took a man and showed different kinds of lives he lived. And, it, and the entire thing started out with which girl would be his best friend. And that girl ends up being his wife. So in each different type of story, it says, okay, he chose this girl. Okay, he chose that girl. Okay, he chose that girl. One of the stories was um, his wife ends up dying and her wish was to go to Mars. So he takes her ashes to spread them on Mars, but his spaceship explodes. Another story was he, uh, he chose this other girl and he married her. And she ended up becoming like morbidly depressed. And he had two daughters and their life was really hard to live because the wife would never come out of the room. It was really it was really depressing. He chose another one of the girls to uh get married to and they ended up like doing drugs and like doing having a weird lifestyle. Then they ended up breaking up. But at the end of the movie they ended up getting together and they lived happily. Um and then there was another set like which is weird. I think there's only there's like four or five. The point is, yeah, the choices you make every single day Decides what your future is going to be. And that's fucking scary. Ah, <laughs> I don't like it. If you go into life like that, you will like, you will fry your brain to a crisp. I know. Like, <laughs> like, I used to struggle with that too of like, of am I doing the right thing oh or am I making the right choice? And I'm like, I used like, that was my life for eight, 18 years. Yeah. And like, that's what I struggle with the most with mental health is am I doing, am I being a good person? Am I doing the right stuff? <sighs> It's tough because you're always trying to predict what's happened. And I've realized that no matter what your mind throws up, it's never going to be as good or as bad as what it actually tells you. Of course not. And that's why you have to learn about the subtle art of not giving a fuck, right? As if this is like as if you're selling the book where you're fucking not. But it's like (laughs) that's because it's like stop, stop giving a shit. Just fucking if things happen, let it happen. Just keep going. Like don't be inconsiderate and don't be absent from life but if things happen that are aren't good move on it's happened there's a quote by uh walt disney where with you know the movie meet the robinsons yep yep all yeah the movie's awesome. yeah they, they the whole movie is about keep moving forward yep. um and that's walt disney walt disney would say that if you're worrying about something stop fucking worrying about it because that's not going to make it better so the whole thing is like, if you're worried about something, fix it. If you can't fix it, fuck it, you know? Like, what are you going to do? You can't do anything. Um, 
so yeah, the what I was saying about you know choices and and what are you gonna do in life? It's scary, but then also that's a really bad way to live your life thinking that way. Yeah. Oh my god, it's tough. Look, I'm fucking. I'm gonna sweating go to the bathroom real quick. Hold yeah, on. go for it. Go for it. Uh, I'm fucking sweating over here, like thinking about this shit. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep talking. So you can take the headphones off, keep them on. I don't care. Um, holy shit, this was fucking, this is fucking wild. Anyway, you guys listening out there? I wish I had a. I sometimes I do. I have a Jamie, you know, like Joe Rogan's Jamie. I have somebody to talk to, but no one's here today. That's okay. Oh my gosh. When this, when the, when this episode opened up, I was actually like, oh, like I, I, I hope I don't repeat too many things Easton and I over already talked about. But I've, I also told him. Hey man, I know we talked about some of this stuff, but we will. I will be repeating it because it's very interesting, and we repeat a lot of stuff and then some. And I'm really excited we got onto the topic of, you know, making choices. Like that chaos where it's it's scary to move forward. And I remember, I kind of want to save this for when Easton comes back, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I remember being in high school. And you know, talking to guidance counselors, and oh, he's back. All right, wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> okay, so I was, I was saying that you have okay, you have I was saying that yep. I, I remember being in high school and talking to guidance counselors and teachers, and they were like, oh, we got to make sure Marky is okay. We got to make sure we get him to where he needs to be, and that's great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. However. I don't want to say I was a shit kid. I was really, I was a really good kid, but like I was like really like, bro, that all the, life doesn't matter. This shit sucks. Oh, who, who the fuck knows? And I still kind of am like that, but I was always so worried about the choices I would make. And I remember telling my guidance counselor, I remember telling her, "You actually should care what people think about you." And she said, "Why?" And I said, well, look at look at these kids around you. One day I might need to work for them, so it does matter how they see me. And she agreed with me. And I realized, though, that you should care what people think about you because of that reason. But you also shouldn't care about what people think about you when it comes to, like, the hobbies you choose, the ideologies you have, the faith you hold. That is yours, and that should be yours alone. But then it's like obviously it's like you have to care about what your rep- reputation looks like. Like, don't be a, don't be a fucking asshole because then people are gonna remember that. Don't be don't talk rudely. Don't be impolite. Don't eat impolitely at like dinner or something. Or like so, some of it does matter. But the deeper things like who you are as a person and what you believe in that stuff, you should just be yourself. Just just be yourself because if people care about what your ideologies are, like what your religion is they've got problems that they've got to fix within themselves. Like we were talking about before, religion has spread too many wars and that was never the purpose of it. The purpose of it was to lessen suffering. And for you to take religion and use it as cannon fodder to be angry or violent towards somebody else is so far away from what religion was supposed to be about. It messes me up. Look what I just I feel did. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so tough though with the opinion thing because I think when you come from a place of understanding, like, and you, you flow through that like natural state, you're not, you are never going to be mean to someone and you're never going to be like, I guess like a bad person because you're flowing through that natural state of love and joy. And I feel like when you take yourself out of that and you start to 
just like we were talking about before, like, like articulately craft the words you're saying and the things you're doing down to a T to try to impress someone. You could be doing something that you think impresses someone, but that actual action like makes them hate you. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked fucked up. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. People are weird. So hard to figure it out. That's the other reason why it's like, stop fucking giving a fuck. Cause who fucking knows? Who fucking knows, bro? I want to, I'd like to talk to someone, you know, I feel very, uh, not scared, but I, I want to get somebody on this podcast that is currently like in a deep depression, not because I want to exploit them, but because I'm, I want to understand, like I, I've been in some really deep pits, but everyone's different. And the way I see things is not going to entirely be the way someone else sees them. So I'd like to see what, or hear what others, what somebody else thinks. Um, I know I'd love to, there's a few people I'd love to like, Hey man, Come on, let's talk about this. Maybe you can help some other people, but I I, re, I don't ask them because I don't want them to feel like I'm using them because that'll only yeah. make them them feel worse. But um, it's interesting talking to people who are in that rut because most of the stuff you they say it's actually like, bro, I fucking agree with you. Doesn't that shit suck? The problem isn't that that what you're saying is true. The problem is that you care too much about it. You know. I feel like that's kind of the the curse of getting spiritually awake is you feel things so heavy that you teeter between the present moment and depression because you see reality as its true self. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like also, though, if you're spiritually, like, if you attached, like, if, you, if you've gone through, like, this epiphany... I feel like you also realize, like, once you're spiritually, like, awakened, you also realize how little you know. Because, like, oh, that's, that's a, like, a spiritual awakening is not just, like, whether it's religiously or psychedelically or, you know, through, like, the earth and, like, the sun and, like, pagan kind of things or even, like, any any fucking way you, you do it. It's, it's not just um, figuring out the answers, but f- realizing that there's so many different ways to think that once you enter a new ideology, you're like, holy shit, was I an idiot back then for thinking that was the only way to think. So I feel like you're you're right where it's like um, what you were saying, but I also feel like it's uh, being spiritually awakened makes you realize how little you also know. We know nothing. Yeah. We know we know nothing, and that's why I go into every single conversation of like enlightening with your knowledge, and that's why I always come from a place of understanding, and never that I'm right because we know nothing about anything. Because how how can we? Yeah, and that's why. Listen, I've never, as much as I want to, and as much as I feel like I need to, I've never taken a psychedelic. But I feel, and I know we talked about this, and we can again. But I, I feel like that would help me figure out a lot about who I am, I, like as me. Um, and I, I don't want to put it on a pedestal because I feel like I do that too often. And I feel like that might end up making any experience I have negative. But a lot of people who experience psychedelics um, basically find an enlightenment, not in out like otherworldly sources, perhaps, but most often within themselves. 
Um, now there are negative ways you can go about it. Like people do get like negative experiences, but most often it's positive. And I feel like that's why I'm so interested in psychedelics because like you said, we know nothing, but I, we barely know ourselves. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd like anything I can get my hands on to help me understand who I am. Um, and that's why I think you do what you do is you talk to a lot of people because the only way for you to understand who you are is by understanding who other people are. Um, and getting a huge pool of knowledge and being like, oh, okay, so there's other ways of thinking. Maybe I should shift the way I go about life. So I think that's what you do. I think you're a psychedelic. Your drug, your <laughs> enlightenment is collecting a pool of other people to, you know, absorb experience from. Am I, is that a good way of putting what you do? Yes. I love getting other people's perspective and coming from a place of understanding. Like that is my entire life. Like networking with other people is like my high. Like that is my favorite thing to do ever. You know what you should do? I'm like, I feel like not yet because you're still very young and you're like, not that I'm any bigger than you at all. I'm fucking super small compared in in terms of social media. But because you're still young and you're uh, like social media growth, you should definitely wait a good long time. But one day like using aliases like not the real names but writing a book about all the people you've met by and literally the book should be about how you all you did was reach out you didn't have any special connections you just asked for information and these are the normal everyday people that were willing to open up to you but are also the same people that argue and fight people all the time and i think that's what's interesting is that this like all the people you've talked to, Easton, including me, has had vicious, mean, and, like, unforgettable arguments and perhaps possibly physical confrontation with other people. Everyone you've met has at least yeah. a piece of that. But they were also very willing to talk to you. So it's like, look at me. I was able to find all these people to talk very peacefully to me. But they're all still human, and they also have all these flaws. So let's take a quick look about of how these people are when approached with kindness. But remember that they're still human and they all make mistakes. No matter how perfect they look or how figured out it seems that they have life, they are still just as lost as everybody else. And I feel like that'd be a really cool book for you to write if you ever wanted to write Yeah, a book. that's a good idea. That'd be fucking awesome. That's a gr- that is a great idea. That'd be so fucking start make, start taking notes now, motherfucker, like on all this shit. I that'd be so fucking cool. I like I don't know how how to write a nonfiction book, but I feel like it'd be pretty easy because you'd enjoy it like this at least, you know. Um, ah, it'd be so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been interesting, especially going because like I was a very judgmental person, like not like judgmental, but very like judgmental on myself, and uh-huh. like and never came from a place of understanding. And now that I come from a place of understanding. It's like just talking to anyone is so blissful. Just like listening to them speak and where they're coming from because I can understand because it's usually not the superficial reasons. It's there's something deeper. Yeah. You're a real quick aside. You're a real estate agent, right? Yep. Would you ever uh, go back to school for something else? Nope. No, because I think you'd, even if you don't go go to school for it, you should like definitely, you probably already have uh, like sociology and how humans interact with other humans. Um, I think you, that's a subject you'd really like. Uh, that's kind of what you do and what you're learning is about how humans interact with each other. Um, 
I don't know how what more information I can give you on that, but that's like <laughs> that's like the sense I get from you. Like if you were like some kind of professor, you'd be a sociology like scholar or something. Um Bro, if, bro, I'm I can't get I can't let go of like you're writing that book. Like if you fucking do that, we have to do another episode where it's like Easton writes look at this book, go buy it. Like, bro, I I'm I'm this is such a pipe dream that I gave <laughs> that I gave to you and I'm excited about it. It doesn't even involve me. That'd be so That's fuck, awesome. It'd be so fucking cool. Like don't no pressure that you I don't you don't have to fucking do it. And if you do, take fucking twelve years. I don't give a shit. But I think that'd be fucking cool. Because what other day and age could we write a book like that than now? Sure, back then you could have, but you would have had to actually drive to people and like talk to them like on the phone all the time. But in here, you've got social media, you've got podcasters, YouTubers. Like, it's so much easier to connect. But although it's easier to connect, we're all mo- we're also more divided than we ever have been. So it's an interesting fucking topic. And you're, fi- you know, I don't want to say figuring it out because no one's ever going to figure it out. But you're a part of it. Why is this fucking cool? Thank you. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy, Ethan. This this was a really fun episode. I, I had a lot of fun. I agree. I mean, like, I appreciate you like having me on, and like, I just love this shit so much. Oh my gosh, it's it's a great time. I think the best parts of the best parts about shit like this is like, sure, in the beginning, like, I was act I was asking you like pretty direct questions, but then it just we fucking get into it. Oh my god, that's the best fucking part. I love that shit. Um, and we like we talked about like religion for fucking thirty minutes and like Native American like psychedelic shit for like fifteen. Like I don't know, I had a great fucking time. <laughs> this is what I'm fucking talking about, man. Like you messaged me and you're like, which by the way, I thought you were pulling a joke when you used the word connect because that's like the name of the, my fucking podcast. But you're like, let's connect and look what we fucking did. That's the whole fucking point is finding random people online, finding people on Reddit, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, finding people on the street, networking with people in real life and connecting. Ah, you're doing it. I'm doing it. It's a fucking great time and we're learning. Yes. Uh, this was, I don't know. This is a lot of fun. Look, I'm, we're going to wrap up. Um, don't hang up because I'm, I'll like debrief you. Um, I don't know. You got anything else to say, man? Thank you so much. Not really. I mean, like, I think like, that was awesome. And like being able to bounce off each other, like is my favorite part. Oh, like, yeah. Not, not, not like an interview, but just be able to like to bounce off each other is my favorite part about, about like this. Yeah. One day, I, how, what, what state do you live in again? Um, Ohio. Ohio. One day, uh, if I'm in Ohio or you're, you're in New Jersey, we got to do it in person in all I'll be back. Good. I'll be back in New York area and the New Jersey area probably either late this year or, like, next year at some point. Fucking hit me up, bro, because in August I'm redoing my entire studio. It's going to be bigger with, like, and like I don't I'm really fucking excited, and I'm going to have – I could potentially have, like, six mics, even though there's only two of us. I don't need fucking six mics. <laughs> but uh, I, I love showing people what's going on over here. But – um. Fucking hell yeah! If you if you're ever in town around on on this side of the world, let's fucking do it. Even if we don't do yeah. even if we don't do a podcast, let's go fuck around. Let's see what's out there. Um, Ethan, thank you so much, everybody. I'm gonna put all of Ethan's stuff in the description. Uh, fucking go talk to him, man. Go look at his shit. You know, go see what he's about. Go see what. See the people that he supports, because the people that he supports are just as good as he is. I fucking, I don't, I can't, I can't be more thankful for this. So, guys, go check him out. Everything's in the description, and we'll see you on the next one.
Thank you, everybody.